Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung Sung. Hey, everybody, it's the Los. Welcome back to another exciting edition. Week two in review. Yeah, week two is almost in the books. We are recording this Monday night just as uh, the Jets are ready to kick off at uh, Lucas Oil. Jets, Jets, Jets. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, let's get right into it. Let's talk about week two. And, uh, man, some crazy stuff going on this week. Lots of crazy occurrences, lots of underperforming, some overperforming. I think think everybody's hurting a little more with the underperformers that we'll get into as this uh, goes on. Uh, I don't know if you have performance issues, but uh, Peyton Manning certainly doesn't, even at the ripe old age of 39. It it looked like he was having a, a little trouble uh, getting the getting the ball up in the air, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, he he returned to form. Um, QBR wasn't great, but still three touchdowns, 250 yards, fine day, nothing to worry about. Well, yeah, I mean the problem was, you know, in the second half, it it looked like he basically went to Gary Kubiak and said, "Forget you, I'm gonna I'm gonna run this out of the shotgun. We're gonna hit him quick and hit him hard, and we're gonna keep it moving." There's no better offensive coordinator for Peyton Manning than Peyton Manning himself. All right. So uh, like we said, week one, don't panic too much. If you got Peyton, you're going to keep starting him again unless, uh, you know, something bad happens. Yeah, unless you're stupid. And uh, man, that game, uh, actually, uh, that Thursday night game is the game that has our Gillette close shave of the week. Mm. Uh, It's brought to you by Gillette, the best a man can get. Uh, you know, with 35 seconds remaining in tie game, Broncos linebacker Brandon Marshall forced a fumble on the Chiefs running back Jamal Charles, and this allowed his teammate Bradley Roby to scoop up the ball and return it for a walk-in touchdown, going up 1-0 against a divisional rival. Get your close shave like Brandon Marshall with Gillette Razors. You can pay less than $5 for a month of shaves with Gillette's Shave Club. Join now at no cost and get exclusive rewards. So speaking of the Denver defense, legit top defense in the league, one of them. Yeah, they're they're looking good. Um, you called it going into the season. Lots of playmakers. Um, the offense gives them puts them in a nice position to make a lot of plays, and they're going to keep doing it. They're going to rush that quarterback, and somebody that uh, you know has to stay back there is going to get eaten alive, uh, like Alex Smith did this week. Yeah, I, uh, I almost feel bad for Matthew Stafford, except I hate the Lions, so uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Um, so with Peyton looking good, Sanders, Demarius, they're all going to be fine. Uh, start them as you normally would. Um, Absolutely. Back up to 14 targets apiece. No problem. Yeah, and then Virgil Green, Owen Daniels, they both got some looks, but I think they're going to eat into each other's production. You don't really want to rely on either of those guys going forward. Um, so how about CJ Anderson, Ronnie Hillman, uh, to me, to me, you can't get too upset about two games. Eddie Lacy started slow last year. LaShawn McCoy started slow last year. People overreact to start of season woes. And sometimes it just takes a bit for O lines to meld for your offenses to meld and get that uh, rushing game going at the start of the season. So to me, their holds, you know, I, I wouldn't go crazy selling low on CJ Anderson, or anything like that. Ronnie Hillman, if you owned him, keep him. It, it's, I wouldn't change anything you were doing to this point. 
Yeah, if anything, for me, C.J. Anderson is a buy low. He faced Baltimore in week one and a really good Chiefs defense this past Thursday night. Uh, you know, things are only going to get better for him. Yeah, they they can't get worse. I mean, they could get worse, but I don't expect them to. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about the KC side of the ball. Jamal Charles, despite his two fumbles, still a fantasy stud. Uh, you know, he got over 100 yards on the ground plus his touchdown. So we'll, uh, I guess we'll forgive those uh, those couple of fumbles lost. Absolutely. A lot of production, keeping him under 30 touches, going to keep him fresh all season. I love it. Um, so Travis Kelsey, I also I'm not worried about him either. He only got four catches in this game on five targets. My problem is the Chiefs need to be using him more. Well, they got, I mean, he was the second, he had the second most targets on the team. Um, if you're going to use him more, you're just going to have to throw the ball more because you don't want to be taking targets away from Jeremy Macklin. Yeah, and Macklin stretches the field, but I just think that they need to find ways to get him more involved in that offense. No, I agree, but and that's and that's the way you do that is dialing up more pass plays. Alex Smith only threw the ball 25 times. I mean, there's only so many to go around. Um, I expect going forward, they'll probably be able to do that a little more. Um, Smith threw uh, two interceptions, zero touchdowns, um, quarterback rating of seven. Uh, Denver was all <laughs> over him. There's really not much more he could have done better. Yeah, and I actually look at this as a positive for Kelsey because the way you look at it against a very tough Denver defense, basically his floor is four catches for 58 yards. Yeah, if if your floor is a five five point guy, nine points in in PPR, who has you know he, he has a propensity to get the targets. I mean, go forward with him, absolutely. Yeah, same with Jeremy Macklin had the most targets on the team, four for 57 against Denver. You know, that's I wouldn't panic. Yeah, that's that's pretty much a typical line I'd expect for him right there. Um, going for a lot of the players in this game, just I'd expect you know better going forward. Yep. So uh, let's move on to Houston and Carolina. Sure. Man, Ryan Mallett. Uh, you know, you you would think that he's still an improvement over Brian Hoyer, but not by much. No, I think that that really uh, sort of you could you could really see exactly how much he is struggling when he had that, uh, it was like a two minute drill or four minute drill. But at that end of the game, he just couldn't do anything. He couldn't link up with those receivers. He had some open guys. He was just throwing him and receive and his wideouts were just not on the same page whatsoever. They've got to iron that out in practice or something. Yeah, this is going to, this is going to limit Deandre Hopkins, uh, quite a bit. And we, we knew that going to the season, he's still, you know, a solid wide receiver too. had 11 targets on the day, but only five catches for 53 yards. You know, he needs more, more accurate passes going his way. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't change how I view him at all. I'm starting him every week. If I own him, um, uh, right, right there though, Cecil shorts had 12 targets. Um, I said it before I'll say it again. Nate Washington, don't even look at him. Sizzle Shorts, if you want somebody, he's the guy to own. Yeah, I definitely like Shorts over Washington, um, but he's somebody that I'm adding to my watch list right now. I'm not going to pick him up just yet. I don't know you know, just how well um, Ryan Malik can get him the ball. And the same goes for the tight ends. Garrett Graham had a touchdown in this game, but he had one catch on five yards. Uh, you know, I'm avoiding, you know, all the receivers outside of DeAndre Hopkins for now. No, I, I completely agree. However, with the caveat, if you have a team that's doing well, um, if you have an open roster spot, I would look into um, the week Arian Foster comes back. 
go ahead and snag, you know, Cecil Shorts and just, you know, take a look, see how Foster's impact um, affects the game and affects the usage of the wide receivers. Could be really good or if, you know, could be just dropping right away. If it doesn't hurt you, what's it going to hurt you? Sure. And uh, speaking of Arian Foster, he's day to day. He's been practicing. We'll see if he's, uh, you know, ready to go week three. Uh, it, I do want to point out real quick that Chris Polk had 14 carries compared to five for Alfred Blue and two for Jonathan Grimes. I think that he is now the handcuff to own, not Alfred Blue. Yeah, I, I, I just don't really get that any of them is really the handcuff to own. They're like, you've got like three little penguins all standing in a line. Neither of them, none of them are big enough or good enough to really do anything worthwhile. Um, as soon as Big Mama comes back, Big Mama Arian or Big Papa. What, okay, this is getting weird. As soon as Arian comes back, you don't want any of these guys. And I don't want any of these guys regardless. Certainly, but just for owners who may still be holding on to Alfred Blue, he's droppable at this point. Um, if you do want to handcuff Foster, Chris Polk only averaged 2.7 yards per carry in this game, but it was against a tough Carolina rushing defense. Yeah, don't don't waste a roster spot. Find something better elsewhere. All right, so speaking of the Panthers, Cam Newton, you know, his rushing uh, is going to keep him fantasy relevant. Oh, that, and how about that sweet flip into the end zone? I thought he about died. Superman's here to stay, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, until they find his kryptonite, which is his lack of receiving weapons. Yeah. Speaking of, um, Greg Olson, sorry, I mean, we just saw this was a perfect example this week of why Greg Olson is the guy that you want on this team. If you're if you're looking for anybody to get, you know, uh, points, 14 targets converted into 70 yards, only six catches of those. But he's got to throw the ball somewhere. Devin Funches, he's young. Maybe he'll break out later. I, I don't know. Ted Ginn is Ted Ginn. He's always going to be that. Corey Brown, 57 yards. There, there, there's nothing really here that's worth worth mention at all. I don't know. Do you do you see this any differently? No, I uh, you know I will say that Cam did well this game, but uh, you know I'm still a little uh, bearish on him going forward just because now he's got he lost Jericho Cotri probably for quite a few weeks with a high ankle sprain. Uh, Devin Funchess needs to step up, and they need someone else to take that pressure off Greg Olson. Sure. I mean, Cam did well from a fantasy standpoint. I wouldn't say he did overly well as a quarterback. He tacked on 13 points because he can move his legs quite well. So that that's him retaining value as a quarterback for fantasy, just like we said he could do. But, you know, he needs somebody to throw to. If it's going to be the, the Cam Newton running all over the field show, it's going to be also known as the Cam Newton getting injured within the next three weeks show. Yeah, and uh, that also brings me to Jonathan Stewart because we were excited for him going into the season with D'Angelo Williams finally out of the picture. Um, but we we did you know tell you preseason that it, there still is worry for Stewart one because defenses can, can kind of stack the box with you know no wide receivers really being a threat downfield, and then also Cam's rushing is great for Cam, but he and Mike Tolbert uh, at the goal line have always been issues even with D'Angelo gone. See, I sort of view him as a uh, as a moderate buy low right now. Houston's defense is good. Well, I mean, he did average three point six yards per carry against Houston. I do think that he's still, you know, a low end RB two. I just don't think that he's going to be super consistent. Yeah, I, I don't know. I disagree. I, I think that I think he's a victim of two bad weeks. Um, he he hasn't. I don't think last week he didn't have a touchdown, did he? 
Uh, I don't believe so. Yeah, so he's gone two weeks without touchdowns. People that get sort of antsy when they see the running backs putting up, you know, consistently less than eight, ten points. It, it might be, you know, a time to strike on something like that. Well, as a uh, Jonathan Stewart owner in multiple leagues, I certainly hope you're right. Um, so let's move on to San Francisco at Pittsburgh. Man, oh man, Kaepernick flashing in garbage time. Yeah, there's no time like the garbage time for some people. Usually it's uh, those boys down in Oakland. But, uh, you know, go, go a little more Bayside and, then you know, San Francisco can make it happen too. I think there's going to be, well, I don't know. What do you think about the, what do you think about the Niners right now? I'm, I'm a little confused. Well, we saw the good Niners week one against Minnesota. Now we've seen the bad Niners week two against Pittsburgh. But to be fair, the Pittsburgh offense is one of the best in the league right now. I don't I don't hold it against the, the San Francisco 49ers necessarily. Um, I do think that, you know, this is basically what we expected from Colin Kaepernick, that game flow is going to have a big impact on his fantasy production week to week. And that's why we ranked him as a mid-end QB2. Yeah, he's got high potential, high upside. I mean, he still didn't score a touchdown with his feet on the ground, which he could have, you know, very well tacked on on top of this, had an even better game. But, you know, inconsistency is going to be key, is, is going to be, you know, the name of the game with him. He's a, he's a flex week fill-in. He's not an everyday starter. Yeah, I, I think that uh, if, week. if you've been watching uh, Colin Kaepernick play, you can see that just as an NFL quarterback, he's improved quite a bit from, you know, being able to go through his progressions and then also staying in the pocket a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're not, not much more to say there. Uh, how about that running back situation, though? Yeah, I'm not too worried about Carlos Hyde. We knew that he was also going to be somewhat game flow dependent, just like Colin Kaepernick. Um, I will say this, though. Uh, Mike Davis had seven carries, and I do think that this means that when Reggie Bush gets back, he is going to be irrelevant. They do have a game plan for that second running back, and they want him to be involved. Well, where was Reggie Bush? Well, he was hurt with the calf injury. He didn't even go to Pittsburgh with the rest okay. of the team. Okay, he didn't make it onto the plane. Correct. I, I do think that he's still, you know, second on the depth chart when he is back healthy. Okay. Um, if if you if we saw Doctor Jekyll uh, last week with the uh, with the Vikings, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins brought out uh, Mister Hyde. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde, like like we said, if you could have sold super high on him, like if you could have gotten an AP or something for him after week one, you should have. But still, he's he's a mid-high-end running back, too, right now. I Don't worry about Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I was I was surprised, not shocked about last week's production. Um, this, this is what I'm thinking is going to happen more so against the better teams in the NFL. Yeah, and I think this shows us a little bit in terms of sitting or starting 49ers that there's going to be an inverse correlation between the running back production and then the wide receiver production. Yep. Uh, you know, when Carlos Hyde had a bad game, Torrey Smith had his boom-bust game and more boom in this game. Yeah, I, I really don't know if we could have called this team any any better. I mean, I, I was surprised how well they did last week, but this is pretty much exactly in line with what we were thinking. Yeah, it, it is good just because we were concerned about Colin Kaepernick's deep ball accuracy, uh, but he was able to get Torrey Smith, and he had a very nice day. Um, the other, Torrey Smith did exactly what Torrey Smith yeah. does, catches long passes, gets a touchdown you know, on a long target. Um, how did he catch six of seven passes, though? That That's that's a baffling question for me. That doesn't happen. 
Well, again, I think that goes back to Kaepernick. He is getting better with his accuracy. You know, he's learning to put the ball in a place where the wide receiver can get it. I can't tell you how many times last year Michael Crabtree got free deep down the field and then Colin Kaepernick just completely whiffed and missed him. Yeah, I, I don't expect I don't expect it to. I mean, he was better. He, his best year might have been his rookie rookie in second season. Um, he waxes and wanes with his ability. I, you know, I, I'm not buying on any of them. Sure. Um, and the, the other thing I did want to mention, too, is that Vernon Davis was tied for second on the team in targets with seven. And I think that's a really good sign for him. He showed that he still has the ability. He just got, you know, almost no targets last year per game. Mm, I think this may be going a little far. I, I I can't I can't jump on the Davis train just yet. There's far too many good young uh, tight ends out there for me to even think about grabbing a VD. Okay, well, uh, I mean, nobody really Vernon wants Davis, VD, but, it, uh, <laughs> No, I, I am adding him to my watch list. I do think that if the Niners' offense can click a little bit, he could still have value. So, so you think in the right situation, you might even... Uh, a VD sounds appealing to you. Uh, that is correct. There are certain situations where I want VD. Okay, excellent. No, in, in all seriousness, though, I do think that, you know, Vernon Davis isn't that that many seasons removed from a top five tight end. I do think that if he keeps getting these targets, he could return to that status. Yeah, I think it was two years ago or was it yeah. uh, two years ago two we years were ago. looking at him as, you know, a top, top four drafted guy. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I'm a little bit higher on him than you are, clearly. But uh, I do think, you know, don't pick him up just yet, but, you know, keep an eye on him. Definitely. On the flip side. Couldn't be higher than on any of these guys, like on the Steelers. They look great. The Lures are here to stay. Um, They're winning games. They're putting points on the board. They're putting points on your fantasy teams. You're loving yourself if you're a Steelers owner, unless you're a Wheaton owner, but you won't be for long anyways. Yeah, and as as I said to you in one of our podcasts before the season starts, you know, I I didn't even want Marcus Wheaton in the draft. It doesn't matter how low he drops, you know. Martavis Bryant is the guy. But who knew that DHB would be able to put this together if he wasn't having this, if he wasn't putting these catches together and everything? I'm fully convinced that Wheaton would be. <laughs> All right, you keep uh, you keep holding on there. Um, but, uh, you know, we don't need to talk about Antonio Brown. He is, you know, a future Hall of Famer, almost 200 yards in this game. Whoa, whoa, easy there, killer. You don't think he's going to make it? I. I if his career ends next year, no, I don't think he'll make it. This this is far too soon. This is year four. Look, his career is not going to end next year, though. But well, we, know, let's I'm not get saying, into that. I'm saying you can't you can't say, call somebody a Hall of Famer okay. right now. If he keeps he if he keeps this pace, he he is, and he's already a Hall of Famer for fantasy purposes, at least. That's fine. I, I'll 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 allow it. All right. Pure consistency. Nine catches, 195 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, obvious start. Um, Heath Miller, low end tight end one. I think he's going to get those looks. Yeah, but keep in mind, of course, like we said prior, this San Francisco defense is not your your father's, your grandfather's San Francisco defense. This is the this is what good offenses are going to do to them. You start all your players against San Francisco. Sure, but I do think that the Steelers are going to be throwing in a ton. They know that their defense has plenty of holes in it and that they're going to need to up the score if they want to win games. Definitely. Absolutely. And you know what the scary thing is? They don't even have Le'Veon Bell or Martavis Bryant. It, that is... Oh, it's, going to be, it's going to be like watching Disney on ice. You know, just magical, exciting, and fun to watch. <laughs> I like that analogy. <laughs> 
Pittsburgh Steelers, Disney on ice. There we go. All right. Just sliding around on their bellies like little penguins. Um, you know, that's the thing I wanted to bring up. You know, right now, I just said Heath Miller, low end tight end one, but I do think some of those targets are going to get taken away when Martavis Bryan comes back, particularly in the red zone. And also, you know, D'Angelo Williams, he's been great so far. And they say that he they want to keep him involved even when Le'Veon Bell comes back next week. However, Bell is going to get the vast majority of the touches. Oh, absolutely. Um, when Bryant comes back, I, I don't actually know that the targets are going to go down for Miller. I do think the quality of targets are going to go down, which is, of course, what's more important when you're talking tight end. Sure, um, I'm saying Darian, uh, the red zone targets just because Bryant is also a large target down the red right, zone. Right, th- that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, he'll... St- He'll get, you know, four, five, six a game. He only had two this game, but I think five, four is a good number for Heath Miller. But the quality of red zone targets are going to go to Martavis Bryant. They're, they're between Brown, Bryant, and when Bell get, when he gets back on the field, those are guys that you want to be getting the ball to in the red zone. Heath Miller is like fifth, sixth on the list. Um, in terms of D'Angelo Williams, uh, I think even when Bell comes back, which is this next week, you uh, you bell owners uh, get ready to put them in your lineups and enjoy reap the rewards. Um, D'Angelo Williams has he, he's traversed the the uh, he's traversed the uh, ownership line to me. He's he's a handcuff to me. I'm not dropping him just because Bell's coming back in. Yeah, I think he's he's a you know Ryan Matthews light. He's not quite going to see the same number of touches, um, but you know he's going to be maybe a flex play even if Bell's there. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in your flex. Maybe, maybe the first week as they ease bell back in, but I fully expect bell to be the bell cow. Ha ha. Going forward, get the vast, <laughs> vast majority of the touches, but like D'Angelo Williams at this point, the production he's shown, especially once they get Martavis Bryan in that offense, ease things up on the running back even more. He may be like, he may be the best handcuff in the NFL right now. Ooh, that's high praise. Um, what? I said that's oh, high, high praise, praise yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I still would take Hillman or Starks, or but we won't talk about that right now. Um, we, I do want to say that as soon as Le'Veon Bell is back, if if there was any question, you know, you're starting him. Same with Martavis Bryant, his first game back in Week Five. Uh, you know, put him in your lineup. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he's he's gonna get the numbers. It's they're nice. They're good. So let's talk about the game that knocked out, you know, probably half of your uh, your eliminator or uh, survival. Oh my pool. gosh! Uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Jameis Winston digs out the win. Wow! What happened here? I don't, I don't even know how to. I don't even know where to start. Guys, uh, I, I just want if anyone who works for the NFL is, is listening or works for an NFL team, Rob Ryan is not a good defensive coordinator. What are you no. thinking? <laughs> I, I don't like I don't know anybody that watches the game, analyzes the game, sees him standing on the sideline. He's fun to look at. Don't get me wrong. I like me some Rob Ryan. I'm a I'm a buddy Ryan guy going way back. Love his children, but I don't want him. I don't want them. I want Rex, but I don't want Rob touching my football team or any players on it. Yeah, and um, look, they they scratched out this win without you know Mike Evans fully healthy. Which you know, as an Evans owner, I started him in two leagues. Uh, out of yeah, that, I had no other choice, and he was 0 for 3, but I, I do want to say that he, he only played 62% of the snaps. I fully blame his hamstring injury. I think that once he gets fully healthy, there's not that much to worry about. This is the issue when you have these you know guys that are great superstars. They come in the games um, hobbled. Like it, It'd be better 
if they were just you know dnp did not plays you keep them off you keep them off your fantasy roster you find another option and you don't get mad at yourself for plugging in a star that does nothing for you yeah not even that as a fantasy play if if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers why would you risk him getting having a setback or you know aggravating that hamstring when he's not fully healthy just keep him out of the game a very good point. This is a guy in his second year. You want him. You want him going. You know, full throttle, hundred percent out there, especially for the young quarterback. Yeah. So again, for the Evans owners out there, uh, don't panic just yet. He injured his hamstring. Uh, you know, relatively late in the preseason. I want to say it was the third game. Uh, so yeah. you know, don't worry about him. He'll he'll bounce back once he's actually healthy. Um, but for now, Vincent Jackson leading the team in targets. Um, you know, he's he's a decent wide receiver three or flex. It it just all depends on Jameis Winston proving his play. I'm a Jackson guy. He was robbed of a touchdown last week. He made a very nice grab on a on a very nice ball actually thrown this week and converted into a score also. Um he's starting I, I'm starting him wherever I own him as my wide receiver two even flex definitely. Uh, I like him. I think he may lead this team in targets, uh even when Evans comes back. Yeah, and uh, a guy that nobody's really talking about, uh, Lewis Murphy. I think that he's sort of um, the Harry Douglas to Julio Jones from last year. I think that if Evans is out or you know limited by injury, I think he is a startable wide receiver three. I don't think he's a startable wide receiver three. Um, I've seen Lewis Murphy. I get this is a different team, I know, but they're both pirates type things. He's had he's had his career, you know, in Oakland. He puts together these these decent enough weeks. I'm not expecting this is going to be his best week of 82 yards. He might score a touchdown here and there. I expect him to cap out around two or three touchdowns on the whole season. He's not a guy that I'm putting in any lineups. Okay, I'm just saying that if Evans is is unexpectedly out, you know, later in the season and there's nobody else for you to grab, grab Lewis Murphy. Yeah. Okay. Um, or you know Austin Safarian Jenkins, who should be owned by by this point in all leagues. Um, you would think he looks good. Yeah, I mean he he didn't get the tu- any touchdowns in this game, but he certainly had the opportunities, and you know he made some great grabs. Uh, yeah. He, what, uh, what is he, that you always say about uh, young quarterbacks? Remind I me. I think again? what was it? I, the young quarterback's bestest friend that anyone could have, or. They have good friends that are quarterbacks and tight ends. Yeah. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins, he, he's just a massive target uh, in the middle of the field. And with when, when Evans is back healthy, him and Vincent Jackson on the outside are going to leave, you know, big, deep down the middle of the field targets for Austin Safarian Jenkins. And he can capitalize on those. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, okay, so let, let's talk about Doug Martin as an owner of him in multiple leagues. Uh, I'm actually a, a pretty optimistic on him because he's the clear lead back, you know, compared to Charles Sims and uh, who got eight carries. Doug Martin had 21, 78 yards on the on the ground, and then you know his touchdown got vultured by Jameis Winston at the goal line. But I think that if Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston can keep their team competitive and in games, Doug Martin, as long as the game flow allows it, is going to you know, have plenty of production. He looks good out there. Two-thirds of the running back carries. He's the guy to own. A lot of people got him late in their drafts, feeling happy about that. But just like you said, game flow. Is this Buccaneers defense going to allow Doug Martin to remain uh, relevant? I'm not so certain. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I think the Saints are worse than we thought. So we'll see how the Bucks do, uh, you know, next week. Oh, the Saints are definitely worse than than I thought. I thought they were going to explode this week. 
Uh, they might be even worse next week. Uh, it, there are reports that Drew Brees injured his shoulder during that game, um, and there are conflicting reports that he may be out several weeks or he may play next week depending on how he responds to treatment. Definitely something to monitor. This is the perfect storm for Luke McCown to cash in on those big money <laughs> commercials that he's in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Verizon is going to have a huge spike in uh, new customers. If Luke McCown puts together a three touchdown game and wins next week, everybody will switch to Verizon. Yeah, uh, but as it stands, I think people are going to be jumping ship from Verizon after next week if he does start. Uh, you know, we've seen what he is. He, I think he last played in 2013. He looked okay as a backup. Um, he is what he is. There's a reason he's a backup quarterback. Yeah, it, it, to me, he's the lesser of the McCowns, and that's saying something because one's still uh, passing concussion protocol. Oh, ouch. Um, all right, so, you know, this is also bad news for anybody who owns any shares of Saints players. Uh, you know, Ingram, you know, he did pretty well in this game. But, man, if, if Drew Brees isn't in there, that gives opposing defenses all the reign in the world to just stack the box. Yeah, that that it does. I mean, that that might open the floor a little bit more for Cooks to grab some more uh, underneath routes, you know, pump up his PPR numbers. Um, but I don't know. It's it's worrisome over there in in, uh, in New Orleans right now. What do you think about Spiller going forward? Um, well, I'm not too worried, but just real quick going back to Ingram. He averaged sure. 3.3 yards per carry in this game against the Tampa Bay defense that isn't great. I mean, they're not awful, but... Uh, they're certainly not good, and I'm just worried that if they if, got lit up by Marcus Mariota last week, yeah, and, uh, and you know if that's Bishop what Ingram Psyche. put up on the ground, then I'm, I am worried about him. Um, but speaking of, you know, you you mentioned C.J. Spiller. I'm not worried because the report came out after the game that he was on a limited snap count because he was you know being eased back in after his knee scope. I do think that brighter days are ahead for C.J. Spiller owners. Is this the week for owners to start him, or are we waiting another one? Um, who does New Orleans play next week? Let me see real quick. I believe they... Hmm. They are at Carolina next week, so I would not start C.J. Spiller at Carolina. I think we need to wait and see, uh, you know, see him do something on the field, uh, you know, as a safer start, in, maybe in week four, but probably not. <laughs> It's going to be pretty irritating when, when we don't start him and he puts up, you know, 11 catches for 108 yards, two touchdowns, and then gets injured uh, week five. Uh, you know, I it was the risk in drafting him, and, you know, we knew this going in, or at least you should have. But, uh, you know, that upside is still there. you got to stay the course with C.J. Spiller. True. you got to put the ball in the hands of your playmakers, otherwise you can't make the plays. Um, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, Brandon Cooks, to me, he is not a true number one wide receiver. He, you know, he, he's a big playmaker, um, you know, a super agile in the open field, but I don't think he's a number one, and I think that's why the Saints are doing so horribly. They really miss Jimmy Graham, and, you know, Max Unger bolstered that line a little bit, but it's still not great for run blocking. I think it's an issue with the offense in general. You put him on uh, the Patriots and then tell me he's not a playmaker. Uh, okay. I mean, that's fair. Um, but even so, you know, Julian Edelman, if they didn't have Gronk there, I don't think he'd be nearly as good. Oh, well, come on. Julian Edelman's nowhere near as good as Cooks. That's no comparison. 
Sure, but they're the same shifty type of player. I think they need that Jimmy Graham or, you know, a younger Marcus Colston to really stretch the field for, you know, Cooks to have those plays underneath. Getting rid of Jimmy Graham, heck, even getting rid of Kenny Stills was a detriment to this team. Yeah, I think, uh, oh man, Sean Payton's revered down there in New Orleans, but he might be in the hot seat. Yeah, I, what can he, it'll be interesting to see what he can do and try and turn this team around. They're 0-2. We've seen crazier things happen in the NFC South. Yeah, uh, you know, that's certainly anybody's division at this point. Um, a couple last quick notes on the Saints. Uh, you know, Ben Watson, Josh Hill, you're not rostering either of these tight ends. Uh, you know, they're going to get a touchdown here and there during the season, but there's no way you can rely on them. Um, and then lastly, but not leastly, Kyrie Robinson. I think uh, he should be owned as a handcuff for either Ingram or Spiller. Yeah, we said it earlier. Uh, I, I still agree. Um, any of them, if if Ingram goes down, he's a guy worth owning. He's a guy worth starting. Yeah, feel free to toss out five bucks for Kyrie. Um, oh, you might even be able to get him for free. Heck. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to Detroit and Minnesota. It is baffling. NFC North showdown. Uh, not, uh, not really. I don't know that uh, Detroit is really going to be in the running this year if if that's no, what NF- we've seen. NFC North. Look, okay, here's my question. They saw what Carlos Hyde did to the Minnesota Vikings last week. Um, and, of course... Their running backs combined carry the ball 16 times in this game. What are they thinking? I don't understand it. I don't think they understand it. Uh, 53 passing attempts for Matt Stafford. Those are like what he used to do when he, when people revered him as a good quarterback. Um, It's they didn't need to not run the football at all. They just didn't want to. Uh, you know, not to not to toot my own horn, but remember what I was saying uh, in the preseason when we were discussing players and I said Matthew Stafford is all volume dependent? Look at that. 53 passes, 286 passing yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, you throw more passes, you might put up more points. And uh, sorry, <laughs> I, I misspoke earlier. Uh, Matthew Stafford had four rushes. Their running backs compa- uh, combined for 12 carries in that game. Yeah, that uh, that's uh, I don't understand it. I really don't. I have no explanation. I don't know. Yeah, honestly, uh, Joyke Bell got dropped in one of my leagues. I, I think that's fine. I think you can drop him at this point. Yeah, I, I'm I'm baffled, and and we didn't even see Zach Zenner in this game. I, you know, I, I'm still optimistic on him. I I hope that we see more of him if Bell can't get it going. But more importantly than that, Amir Abdullah, six carries. Like, you got to feed your playmakers the ball, and he is a playmaker. I know. I sound like I've got peanut butter in my mouth or something. Not, I'm not saying much, but I really don't know what to say about the Detroit game plan here. Yeah, I think Amir Abdullah, you know, still fine. He's a low on RB2 or flex play, especially in PPR. Um, I do think that he'll be fine, you know, if they can, you know, sort of fix the the offense in general. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't help that DeAndre Levy was out. Uh, you know, they rely a lot on their defense as well. But Eric Ebron, uh, one of the few bright spots in this game, you know, a lot of it came on in garbage time. But I do think he's a high end tight end to low end tight end one. He's a guy to look at. Keep an eye on him. Put him on your. Uh on your on your flag or your star or whatever they call them nowadays. Um, the only thing that I 
can possibly think is maybe they were trying to make amends for not throwing the ball to Calvin Johnson just for his owners. Uh, they were saying, sorry, here's 10 catches, 80 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, uh, you know, and I do think that Calvin will be fine, but I don't think he's a wide receiver one anymore. He needed 17 targets to get 80 yards and a touchdown. Come on. Yeah, but how much of that is, you know, just throwing the ball somewhere when you can't find anybody? Look, I know that, you know, North Turner's put together a pretty good defense in Minnesota, but they're not exactly shut down corners yet. Uh, you know, Calvin, no, I, Calvin should have done better than that. They don't even have a great defense anyway. I, I mean, what am I trying to say here? They got demolished by that San Francisco offense, and that's not a great offense. Yeah, I, I think the way to attack Minnesota is on the ground, and Detroit decided not to do that. Yeah, I, I, I'm speechless. I know I, I sound stupid here, but that's that's all I've got. Also, I just want to uh, celebrate the interception that the New York Jets just got on Andrew Luck because I need some points from them in a couple leagues tonight. Yeah, I was hoping to avoid discussing that. He's, ugh, I need Luck <laughs> to do well tonight. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, Golden Tate looked pretty good in this game. Six six uh, receptions for 80 yards. He's still you know wide receiver three, depending on game flow. Uh, it's good to see that they got him more involved this week than they did last week. Yep. Can't, can't disagree. Okay. So, uh, Minnesota side, Adrian Peterson is back y'all. Yeah. I, I wasn't afraid after last week. I mean, it didn't look good. That was his first game back. First time touching a football since, you know, on a, on a real life playing field in what a year and a half or something like that. Um, this guy's a monster. He's a stud. You want him on your team. There's no, you know, yeah, and I think that the Minnesota coaching staff just collectively met up over lunch or whatever and said, yeah, we messed up, guys. Why didn't we give him the ball like 20 times last week? And this time they give it to him, uh, what, 31 times? Yeah, so, I mean, look at it this way. He could have had an even bigger day. He lost the fumble on the goal line. That's unlike him. I'm not worried about him going forward. Solid RB1. Completely agree. Um, Teddy Bridgewater looked better this week. Uh, you know, he's still developing, but I think that he's going to be the best of the class last year. Uh, I do think that he is going to be a QB two, uh, bordering on low end QB one. If he, if they can get things together by week quarterback started, depending on matchups. Um, yeah. And the other guy I want to talk about Kyle Rudolph led the team in targets. Uh, he had, let's see. Uh, Kyle Rudolph had seven targets compared to three for each of Mike Wallace, Jarius Wright, or I'm sorry, Mike Wallace and Charles Johnson. Um, I think that, you know, we talked about this again preseason. Kyle Rudolph, if he can stay healthy, he's got huge upside. He does. He's always been talked up. He's always been a uh, high, high sort of potential tight end. Uh, if, if, Bridgewater continues to be unable to find his wide receivers very well. Rudolph's the beneficiary. Yeah, and, and if Adrian Peterson keeps this up, you know, the defense is going to need to stack the box on the goal line, which sets up play action, and a lot of those short route play action plays, the tight end is the first read. The, a young quarterback's best friend is his tight end. <laughs> All right, um, so real quick, though, <laughs> between Mike Wallace and Charles Johnson, who do you like better for the season going forward? Um... <laughs> That's really a coin toss in this game. For me, it's still Charles Johnson. Uh, Mike Wallace is, is you know, deep ball specialist. I, 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 
don't like the, that the guy quit on his team last year. I know I'm maybe making it a little too personal. Uh, and Charles Johnson just has, you know, a sweeter do. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree here because if you look at Mike Wallace's routes that he ran, he was used all over the field, not just deep. And that that's reflected in the stats too. He averaged 12.7 yards per catch, whereas Charles Johnson averaged 3.3. That's, that's not exactly what you want for a wide receiver. Um, and I do think that a lot of the underneath routes are going to go to Kyle Rudolph, which, uh, you know, hurts Charles Johnson as well. Yeah, I, I think I, I don't know what we can really take from the wide receivers in this game. It was it was a bit of, a, of an aberration. Uh, what, six passes completed to wide receivers or something? Yeah, a few more uh, with Jarius Wright, but no one's no one's starting him, I hope. No, no. OK, so uh, the sad spot of the week, uh, Arizona at Chicago. Um, oh boy! I mean, I, I didn't think we were gonna win this game, but no. man, I didn't think we were gonna allow. Arizona had the most points of any team this week, right? Uh, I believe that's correct. They beat out even New England, which is yeah. saying something here. Gosh, that's that's crazy talk. Um, Who would have thought? Sorry, that? Uh, interrupting real quick. Uh, Eric Decker, um, you know his, I think his third catch of the night, but touchdown, Eric Decker. We talked about him. Uh, you know, last week, uh, Revis was likely going to be on Brand Marshall and free up Decker a little bit. Or, sorry, not Revis, uh, Vante Davis. Davis. Um, but Eric Decker is just a good football player who's underrated last year because he was hurt. He Eric actually, Decker on uh, pace for 16 touchdowns. <laughs> he actually just beats Vante Davis on that touchdown. So Really? He did. Wow. I'm not, I'm not watching it present, but I'm going to flip it on uh, right now. Yeah. So, okay. So, Car- Carson Palmer... He's a solid low-end QB1, I think. Um, He faces San Francisco next week. I'm not worried about their defense. Uh, Seattle may be a little bit of a worry, uh, those two divisional matchups. But I think Carson Palmer, barring injury, is a QB1. You you hit the nail right on the head, barring injury. It's not a matter of if. Carson Palmer will be getting hurt this year. I don't want that to be the case. I have nothing against Carson Palmer. I just think it's inevitable. Sure, but it's like uh, Jordan Reed, who we'll talk about in a little bit. You know, ride them until they get hurt. Yeah, ride or die. All right, so Carson Palmer, (laughs) solid QB1 going forward. Uh, Chris Johnson, he got the bulk of the carries in this game. But man, David Johnson looks good. He had, I mean, he he had a little inflated uh, points that he's going to have, you know, in the future weeks because of that kick return touchdown or kick, kick, yeah, kick return touchdown, right? Or punt. Yeah, it was a, it was the opening kickoff of the game. Yeah, opening kickoff. That's right. Um, a little inflated, but yeah, he looked he looked really nice. Um, it's sort of like uh, that guy for um, Arizona la- or Atlanta last year, uh, D- Dayton Smith, right, where he touched the ball about five times and had Anton seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, especially, you know, like you said, I, I own him in an auction league where we get points for return touchdowns and who he did well. Um, but yeah. Chris Johnson did get 20 carries compared to his five. I think if you're in a standard league, you still want Chris Johnson, you know, until Ellington's back, excuse me. Um, you know, 20 carries, 72 yards, you know, about what we expected. Uh, Chris Johnson is definitely on the decline, not going to light the world on fire, but he's a solid flex starter while Ellington's out. Yeah, this is this is Bruce Arians. He's not going to go uh, reinventing the wheel. That's not what he does. He's sticking with Chris Johnson as his primary running back. Um, 
you know, the world, the world changes, the Grand Canyon gets bigger, rivers get deeper and all that crap. But Bruce Arians stays with Bruce Arians. Yeah. Um, and to flip the switch, uh, a guy who's not on the decline just yet, Larry Fitzgerald, three touchdowns. Wow. Yeah, that that's it was a nice day. I mean, he he lit us up. There's nothing more to say about it. He, he was making catches with people draped all over him. He, he made us look silly. He just made us look stupid. I know that that uh, that commercial says he was running 17.90 miles per hour or something. It looked like he was moving at about 20 the way the Bears defenders couldn't catch him. Yeah, and um, the other wide receiver, John Brown, 5 for 45 on five targets. I am not worried about him, though. He had two very big plays uh, basically stopped by pass interference. Uh, he would, if he had caught those two balls, if Kyle Fuller and I think it was the safety didn't interfere with them on those two catches, he would have had a hundred yard day and a touchdown. I like John Brown in hindsight. I had a, some opportunities. I wish I would have grabbed him in a league or two. Yeah. And uh, switching, switching gears again, real quick, Michael Floyd, I, I think you can drop him now and redraft leagues uh, zero catches on one target. I don't think the hand is an issue at this point. I think it's just going to be Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown who are the primary targets. I, I think he's still hold for me. Um, the, all of this success and, and failure for Michael Floyd, everything that's happening completely hinges on Carson Palmer's health. As soon as he goes down, God only knows what's going to change here. Yeah, but uh, even if he goes down, I don't know if that helps Michael Floyd. For me, he's a drop. Uh, you know, if if you have some faith, keep holding him and for another week or two. But I, I'm done with Michael Floyd for this year. Yeah, I'd I'd give him one more week. If somebody drops him, I'd I'd stash him if you could. Okay. Um. And as we mentioned last week, uh, no need to roster the Cardinals tight ends. That was definitely a fluky game. Uh. You know. Yeah. That was definitional. That was that was an exact, you know, that's why you pay attention to, you know, year, years and games and games of what happens and not pay attention to one game and what a tight end does in a Bruce Arians offense. Yep. Um, so let's go over to the other side of this game, talk about Chicago. Jake Cutler out a couple weeks with a hamstring injury trying to stop uh, them from returning a touchdown on his pick. Um, he, he fell on his shoulder so hard that he tweaked the hamstring. That's, that's, that's something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened there, but, uh, shockwaves guess, rippled through his body and his hamstring just popped at him. I mean, I guess it's good that it's not, uh, you know, his throwing arm or shoulder. Um, you know, that's certainly better to have that, but you know, Forte wasn't a QB one to start with. However, this is terrible news for Alshon Jeffrey owners, Mar- Martellus Bennett owners. Jimmy Clausen looks awful. Yeah, this is this is great. However, for the Bears' uh, chances at getting the first overall pick, yeah, maybe we can get uh, one of the up and coming quarterbacks in the draft. We'll see. That, that would be that would be nice. You know, I, I I'm not a Jimmy Clausen guy. Um, I'm not picking him up in any leagues. And this, uh, you know, just just to go just to make a short sidestep, um, this is a perfect example uh, as to why I don't draft backup quarterbacks in leagues. Jay Cutler would have been a backup quarterback. A lot of people may have drafted, may not have drafted, but this is what happens. You know, guys that you're not starting, they get hurt, and then you wasted a valuable draft pick that you could have used on a handcuff or a lottery ticket. Sure, absolutely. Um, also, you know, as we said, downgrading Alshon Jeffrey and Martellus Bennett also have down- to also downgrading Matt Forte, who, yeah. uh, one of the best parts about Forte was always that he was the stud workhorse. He got, you know, 80, 90% of the touches. 
Uh, just this game alone, Jaquiz Rogers got two carries. Jeremy Langford had an entire drive and stole the touchdown. This is concerning for me. This is very concerning. I, I do think he's going to have his touches up probably around 20, 25 every game, um, just because a, a number of factors. Langford is the first back that this new coaching regime's drafted. This is Matt Forte's contract year. Um, they're going to try and use him much like the Marco Murray was used last year for the same reason. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle for him to score points from here on out. Man, uh, and another quick game break update here. Frank Gore looks so good. Um, you know, people were concerned after last week, just an awful game against the Bills. He, he looks good, man. I wasn't concerned. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, if you listen <laughs> to this podcast, you knew not to uh, panic on Frank Gore. Uh, That's right, addicts. You all, you all had Frank Gore, didn't you guys? You are welcome. Um, yeah. And, and the last concern for Forte, obviously, with Jimmy Clausen under center, defenses are not going to hesitate to sack that box. I would. Ugh, man, this is awful. Um, yeah, this is this is, you know, it's it's. I know the weather's usually beautiful, but it's it's gray skies from here on out in Chicago. Yeah, uh, one last thing. If you were thinking about picking up Josh Bellamy off his huge touchdown, don't. Oh, that come was on. just a completely blown coverage, so ignore don't that. Don't be stupid. Um, all right. Will so, you just stop? New England at Buffalo. Wow. Wow. This was a great game to watch. Um, I know I'll, the NFL might have told you, wanted us to all think that uh, that Dallas and the, and the Eagles were the game of the week. This was the NFL game of the week. And uh, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I was wrong about, you know, I was fading Brady a little bit this week because of what Buffalo did to Andrew Luck. And uh, yeah, I shouldn't, I should have had faith in Belichick and Brady, you know, drawing up the right game plan and basically beating Buffalo so bad. Just, you know, the final score makes it look close, but they, they led the entire way. It was a thing of beauty. That's exactly what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady will do. You take a swipe at him, you slap him in the face, they're going to punch your teeth down your throat. Yeah, and uh, Julian Edelman, constantly underrated every year. He's a wide receiver one right now in PPR leagues. Absolutely. A lot of catches. Now, these two touchdowns, a little fluky for Edelman. Don't expect that. But, you know, it wouldn't be shocking for him to have, you know, nine touchdowns to finish the season. I don't even know about that. I was going to say maybe like six or seven. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be out of out of the question, but if he has another two touchdown game, I mean, he's awfully darn near six or seven already. Right, and regardless, one, uh, he'll get some return touchdowns as well, uh, so if your league awards that, and two, you know, even if he doesn't, in PPR leagues, he's gold. He's, he's Antonio Brown light. He's so consistent. <laughs> Unfortunately for the other wide receivers, don't touch him. Uh, you know, I don't know about that. I, I just want to bring up that Aaron Dobson, who was hurt all last year, uh, he actually played 70 out of 86 possible offensive snaps, and he could be that number three receiving target behind Gronk and Edelman. Uh, I'm actually going to add him to my watch list because we were always waiting for him. He, he flashed early last year, um, and then Brand LaFell is out right now with an injury. He, I think he could win that job over Amendola if he hasn't already. I don't think so. Belichick is the master of mismatches and game planning. I think this was just part of the game plan. I don't expect him to be a, a full part of the game plan going forward. Dobson hasn't really shown us anything, really. Um, he had nice 87 yards this week, but what, five guys had near 100 yards? Four guys had near 100 yards? 
Okay. I'm just saying that I, I don't know. I think he could do his ceiling is what Brand LaFell was last year, which is a wide receiver too. He's not there yet, but de- I'm keeping my eye on, on Aaron Dobson. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe for now, but when LaFell comes back, I think he's reclaiming his spot. Okay. Um, so real quick, I don't want to talk about it too much, but man, Rob Gronkowski. He, Big he Gronk. It he's, would, he's it wouldn't us matter a... if, if King Kong played for the Buffalo Bills because <laughs> he right, would Rex. not have been able to cover him. No, he wouldn't have. King Kong, Godzilla, Mothra. It doesn't matter who you've got on him. Mecha, Mechatron, Megatron, but I don't care. The Gronk is here to stay, and he will give you a Gronking to remember. Yeah, so uh, I just want to bring up real quick, New England, uh, new weapon this week, uh, or this this season really, they've been putting out some four tight end jumbo sets near the goal line, and this is working out great for Gronk. Uh, you know, they're using picks with Scott Chandler. Uh, I think that this is going to help Gronk score even more as if he needed it, um, especially because Scott Chandler got open on two of those plays, dropped two relatively easy touchdowns. He's not good. Uh, you know, he's going to get a couple decoy touchdowns every now and again, but man, Gronk top five pick. Absolutely. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I, I, I grabbed him. Um, uh, I'm a little and, sad right now that I, I traded him to you in one of the leagues that we're in. Together. Yeah. I, I, w- I wasn't going to take this opportunity to rub it in. Um, but that's the thing. I, I just want to touch like, this New England office, Bill Belichick, you know, uh, Bill, what, what's his offensive coordinators? The the old Broncos guy, uh, just me? the package, the guy that coached the Broncos, but was no good. But he's back with Bill Belichick now. Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, the packages that they're putting on this field to manufacture points and score. It, it, they're just things of beauty. The way that they use their personnel, the way that they structure their roster, it, it's it's unmatched as to what's going on right now. And that just shows you the difference. This Buffalo team is hard. The Ravens team, what did they do? They complained. They cried. They confused us. We didn't know who was eligible or what was going on. Buffalo took it. They tried to beat them and it was, it was, it made for a great game and fantastic television. Yeah. And um, just real quick, uh, you know, we're glad to hear that Aaron Williams is doing better. He's got full motion in all his extremities. Hopefully he will uh, have a speedy recovery many prayers um okay so let's move on to the buffalo side with that tyrod taylor despite his three interceptions all on balls that were thrown way too high uh he actually looked pretty good yeah he had a nice game um you know moved moved himself around on the ground a little bit uh had a nice comeback obviously in that fourth quarter um or yeah fourth quarter made for a very exciting game some close oh, wait, wait, hold up hold up uh wow we we didn't talk about Deion lewis yet um oh oh, oh we didn't talk at all about the running yeah, back situation yeah, we, we gotta discuss that real quick yeah um, we do Deion lewis despite fumbling for the second time in two games they went right back to him he got seven carries which was game flow dependent based on you know how belichick draws up against matchups to exploit their you know, holes in the defense, but he got seven carries to blunts two, and he got six catches for almost a hundred yards. I, if he's not owned yet after last week, he needs to be owned. Now I, I exercise a little caution here because I'm a storied owner of Patriots running backs. Um, that, that, uh, what Jonas gray had the three touchdown, 200 yard game. Then they immediately went away from him. I don't think that's going to happen to Deion Lewis. I think that they were just 
trying to work um, blunt slowly, although very slowly, obviously, um, back into the offense here. Uh, Deion Lewis is worth a known. He's worth a flex. But if you're going to play him, just know that you're going to have 15-point games. You're also going to have three-point games. Sure. I, I do think the inconsistency is going to be there, but he needs to be owned. There's there's no reason for him to be sitting as a free agent in your league unless no, it's like ab- an absolutely league. No, absolutely not. And maybe even then. Yep. Um, okay, so I, I do think that next week against the Jaguars, uh, watch out for LeGarrette Blunt. He may get more traction in that game, um, you know, that they should just dominate at home. Um, I expect so, him to. I'm starting him. Yeah, so Blunt owners, don't uh, don't drop him just yet. No, if you've sat on him and waited this long, what would you be doing? Yeah. Um, okay, so go back to what you were saying about Tyrod, excuse me, Tyrod Taylor. Sorry for the interruption there. He made for an exciting game, threw three touchdowns, ran the offense quite well, but he's a, this is his second game in the NFL. We couldn't expect him to fully come back and beat the mastermind Bill Belichick. Yeah, um, but for fantasy purposes, Tyrod Taylor, I, I think he should be owned. I think he's a you know high-end quarterback, too, because of the rushing upside as well. And in a game where... You know, the New England defense really, you know, took away his his weapons. He, he actually did all right. Uh, I I agree. He should be owned, but that New England defense is not very good. Sure. Um, but uh, speaking of uh, people doing well, despite that, LaShawn McCoy, 15 carries, 89 yards. Uh, the, the touchdown got vultured by Carlos Williams, but McCoy looks like he's recovering well from this hamstring. He is looking good. Um, I'm sure he wishes that he didn't have all three rushing touchdowns stolen from him so far. Uh, he'll get his he'll get his touchdowns. He's going to keep getting his carries. Um, yeah, but uh, Carlos Williams, I think he also needs to be owned because he is a threat to get a touchdown any week. And he did get six carries for 21 yards. So he's definitely the handcuff to own also for LaShawn McCoy. You know, he needs to be on your roster if he's a free agent. Yeah, can't let him sit there. Okay, um, what about the receiving options? I mean, you know I don't particularly love Sammy Watkins. Uh, what were your thoughts on them? It, it's still ugly here. A lot of people were down on Sammy Watkins and moving him. I, I, To me, he's still a hold. He's still the best wide receiver on that team without a shadow of a doubt. Um like I said, don't get too excited about Percy Harvin. I don't the, there's only one worth an own and that's and that's Sammy Watkins. Yeah, but even even Watkins, he's a wide receiver three for me at best, and people are drafting him in the wide receiver two range, and I, you know, I think that was a mistake, and I think it still is a mistake. If there are any owners in your league who you know value Watkins as a wide receiver two, I would easily trade him. No, oh, I, I completely agree there. I, I wasn't taking him where he was going in drafts at all. Um, okay, so last thing, Charles Clay, eh, same as the wide receivers, but even fewer targets. Just don't don't roster Charles Clay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> easy enough. Uh, so let's move on to San Diego at Cincinnati. Um, Philip Rivers looked fine. He's that, you know, perennial low end quarterback one that's underrated. He'll be good. Uh, Melvin Gordon, though, looked really good. Even though he had 17 touches to Woodhead's 13, um, he had some big runs and he flashed his playmaking ability there. If you can buy low on him, I mean, you're not going to after that game. But if people, if if somebody doesn't want him, grab him. I, I you know that's a stupid statement, but I want him. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. Um, but Danny Woodhead also, uh, you know, only seven carries compared to Gordon's 16, but Woodhead heavily involved in the passing game, six catches on six targets for 68 yards. He could have had a touchdown here as well. Uh, he's definitely still an RB2, RB3 in PPR. He's still the guy to be trusted. Use him for right now, then midway through the season, trade him to uh, trade him to the fed-up Melvin Gordon owner and ride him into the playoffs. Yeah, and we saw uh, Keenan Allen struggled here, but I think we found that the Cincinnati defense is pretty solid. It wasn't just, you know, Oakland being bad week one. Uh, you know, Cincinnati's got some of their playmakers on defense back healthy. Yeah, Keen, I mean, if you sold high on Keenan Allen last week, you're feeling good this week. I expect going forward it's going to be somewhere between there, about seven, seven to ten catches, probably about 90 to 100 yards, 80 to 100 yards, things like that. Um, this is a low game. You saw a low, you saw a high. Expect something in the middle. Yeah, and we said, you know, Keenan Allen's still wide receiver two, and Stevie Johnson's still looking good, still a solid wide receiver three, maybe even moving up the ranks a, a few spots. Nice catch and running head for that score. He looked he looked smooth on his feet. Yeah, and same with uh, Ladarius Green. He's a high end tight end two, low end tight end one for me. Uh, the question is, has he won that job with Antonio Gates out? I'm not sure he I, has. I don't think so. I don't think he's in the clear just yet. Keep keep an eye on Antonio Gates when he's back in what two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, I mean for now, feel free to start Green. But that first week back, I you know if you've got other options, I, I might go away from Green in week five. I agree. I do agree. We're agreeing way too much all of a sudden. Uh, it seems to always happen, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully yeah. we're, we're right when we agree, at least. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Um, okay, so uh, Andy Dull, nice game here. Still don't trust him as my QB1. He'll have his terrible negative three-point games that'll lose you weeks. Um, yeah, we saw good Andy. That was nice. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Hill benched after two fumbles. You know, we said, again, in our preseason shows... Uh, Giovanni Bernard is still going to be heavily involved. I do think that Hill is still going to be the lead back when he returns next week. He was just kind of benched for those fumbles, but you know, Gio Bernard, keep him. He's a very good running back. I I don't understand the hate. Um, Okay. So AJ green, he had a great leaping grab for a touchdown in the end zone, but are the targets going to be there when they can run the ball this well? I'm not really concerned about AJ green. He's a playmaker. He's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Um, he's already looked at as a low end, white end one, uh, white end number one, um, be, just because of his situation and because of the situation last year, I like him where he's at. I like him where he was going in drafts and I think he's going to be just fine going ahead. I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, if, if, I mean, two things, the, the good running game and the solid defense, they're not going to need to chuck the ball as much as they did a couple years back when Dalton was a top five quarterback. And look at the target breakdowns. Uh, Tyler Eifert got five, Marvin Jones got five, and AJ Green got four. I mean, he's still up there with all of them, but he's certainly not being locked onto by Andy Dalton anymore. He is far and away the best red zone option they have. Okay, I'm just saying that three for 45, that, that's concerning to me. Mm, I don't know. Okay, um, I think that I might drop him into a high-end wide receiver too. I just, I don't know if that the targets are going to be there for him, uh, but certainly something to monitor. Uh, you know, Tyler Eifert, great news for him, you know, tied in the lead for targets, uh, solid tight end one, right? I like him. I, I, I like Big Ginger. Yeah, uh, the only thing with him is the same with Carson Palmer. It needs to stay healthy. He's missed so much time. Yeah, stay on the field. Keep doing keep doing your job, kid. You're going to be this year's Kelsey. 
All right, so former Heisman winner versus Foreman Heisman winner, Tennessee at Cleveland. Marcus Mariota looks pretty good. Uh, yeah, he um, he's impressing this year. A lot of people thought Mariota was going to be the guy. Uh, or sorry, thought Winston was going to be the guy. Mariota's doing well. Uh, you know, keep in mind, this is Cleveland's defense. They've got Joe Hayden, but they're not the best defensive unit. Um, and the same on the flip side, as opposed to Mariota, Terrence West looks awful, but we already knew that. Yeah. Did he, did he do anything today? Yeah. He fumbled. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) um, So Dexter McCluster actually came in, looked good. 10 carries for 98 yards. You know, I think he's the new number two in Tennessee. Yeah, it's precisely why you de- you can't really understand or know or trust anything to go on in that backfield. I'm staying away from Sankey. I'm definitely not going after McCluster. When Cobb comes back, he's going to get worked back into the rotation. These are these are it's you know a three hundred four headed monster, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's just something I want to stay away from. Monsters are scary. Don't touch them. Yeah, and it's it's a running back by committee on a bad offense too. So it's not like you know the Patriots offense where Deion Lewis and Legarrette Blunt could both have good weeks. Yeah, agreed. Uh, not much more to say. They're scary. Um, you know, Kendall Wright, he was a little hurt. Um, he didn't do great this game. I'm not too worried. I think he's still a flex or wide receiver three in PPR. He'll have those games like in week one. Um, we P- did PPR guy, definitely. Uh, a guy I want to talk about, Doriel Green Beckham. If you can st- if you can afford to stash him, stash him. This guy has the talent to possibly be a guy that whose name gets said in sentences like Calvin Johnson and stuff. If he can keep his head on straight and if Mari- Mariota keeps progressing forward, this guy will be a superstar. I think a better comparison would be Josh Gordon. You know, the, the on-field talent is there, but it's raw, and then he's got those off-field issues. So um, certainly a, a worth a stash, sort of like a Devontae Parker if we see more of him soon. Well, he's just too big to compare to Josh Gordon, though. Uh, okay, but I'm saying in terms of overall, not not necessarily just physically. Oh, okay, okay. Um, okay, so another the last guy on Tennessee I want to mention real quick, Anthony Fasano. He did well. He could be a desperation tight end uh, against Indy next week if Delaney Walker is still out with the hand injury. Um, you know, he had what was it uh he had seven targets five catches for 84 yards and a touchdown i I think fasano's you know a little bit underrated right now we've mentioned so many good tight ends if you need to own anthony fasano then you're in trouble in your league as it is no but i'm saying that if you're streaming tight ends he could be a target against the colts next week okay yeah i guess so all right so let's move on uh johnny football Huge, huge touchdowns to Travis uh, Benjamin. Draft day. Johnny Manziel. Money, money. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, he looks good, but again, Thanks, Drake. it's it's, uh, it's Tennessee. Um, add him to that watch list. Uh, he's always got that rushing upside as well. I, you know, solid QB2 as a streamer, d- depending on the matchup. I don't think you can trust him just yet, but... Uh, Standard leagues, I think you've got to own... Tra- you've got to add Travis Benjamin. Oh, no way. I disagree. Um, I think he's going to have those crazy games, but I don't know that. If you look at his snaps and his targets and the routes that he ran, he was still behind Heartline. He was still behind, uh, what was it? Um, not Dwayne Bowe. Um, he was still behind Andrew Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah, but what did Manziel do in college? 
Look, I get it, but you're not you're not really comparing Travis Benjamin to Mike Evans, are you? I'm not making the comparison, but I'm just saying, what did he do? He ran around and threw the ball deep. What did he do to Travis Benjamin three times already? Okay, um, yeah, I, I, point well taken. I just I don't think uh, you know. By this no is... means am I saying start him, but if you've got room, add him in a standard. No, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather add a couple other guys who we'll get to later. Um, Rashard okay. Matthews among them. Oh, no way. All right. Well, you can take Travis Benjamin. I'll take Rashard Matthews. Fair enough. Board butt? Uh, when we get there. Okay. Um, but okay. So you like Travis Benjamin. I still I still don't really want any Oh, part. I don't like him. I don't like him, but I like what I've seen between the, the connection on the two of them. Okay. Um, I just think that it's going to be fluky. You know, next week, Dwayne Bowe or Brian Hartline can very well get one of those big touchdowns. It, it all depends who the the defensive coverage gets blown against. Yeah, they won't. Um, uh, last thing, the running back situation. Isaiah Crowell got 15 carries. Duke Johnson got 12. But Crowell actually looked pretty good in this game. Uh, again, just Tennessee, so word of caution. Um, I do want to see Duke Johnson more involved in the passing game, and he didn't look great on the ground either. Uh, I'm a little worried about him, but I still like the upside. As this offense starts to get a little more fluid, as this offense starts to figure out exactly what Johnny Manziel wants wants to do out there, um, this is all assuming that Cleveland can put this all together and their coaching staff can put it together. As this offense gains a little more fluidity, a little more of a uh, uh, je ne sais quoi, uh, Isaiah or Duke Johnson Jr. will start to be a little more effective and Isaiah Crowell will start to fade back. So speaking of running back situations, Tevin Coleman, Atlanta at New York, uh, fracture his rib out in at least two weeks, but he looked good before he left the game. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. I, I'm, a, I'm a Coleman owner. I like him. Um, that said, Devontae Freeman didn't really do all that much once he got in there. He got the touchdown, but he just couldn't move the sticks. Yeah, I, I still think just because of opportunity, he'll be an RB3 while Coleman's out um, or a flex play, you know, if you need him. Uh, Julio, PPR monster, man, just monster. My worry is that if they keep using him, like he, he came out with an OK line, 13 for for 135, looked like he was having, you know, 10, 10 yards per catch. Yeah, that's the average. But at one point, his stat line was like eight catches, 50 yards. If you use him like a running back, he will get hurt. This is not a safe way to use Julio Jones, your superstar. I'm not worried. He, you know, the the screw broke in his foot uh, b- before, but, you know, in terms of actual injuries, he hasn't really had any. I mean... I think that he, he his built uh, excuse me his build his size and his speed you want to use him as much as you can he is the definition of a true number one wide receiver. He's an absolute superstar, but I I I don't see the reason to use him. I mean PPR sure great. I mean I I I said he was my number one PPR run wideout, and he's he's showing us why I said that. But I just for his for his future potential, his sustainability over the course of the season, this is a recipe for disaster. Uh, okay, I'm I way disagree with you here. I think that his body is built to handle exactly how they're using him. So, um, uh, one other thing, I did see a tweet uh, during that game uh, saying, "Oh man, look, Julio Jones in standard league, still no touchdown." Number one, he's got 135 yards. Number two, he was stopped on the half-yard line. He would have had a touchdown. You know, I'm not worried about that. The touchdowns will come. Okay. Uh, Jacob Tammy, I think he's a streaming tight end. You know, he did well this game, but uh, yeah, I don't still bother. don't trusting him. 
Nah. Um, all right, so let's move on to New York. Oh, no, wait, wait. Back- hold oh, on, hold sorry, on. Sorry, sorry. All right. What about, what about Roddy White? What happened over there? Oh, yeah, you're right. I think that Leonard Hankerson may have, you know, passed them up on the depth chart. Roddy just looks old. I had a feeling this was going to happen. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen near this quick, uh, but, but Hankerson. Yeah, I think you got to add Leonard Hankerson. Um, as a Julio owner, I think I'm going to pick him up in a couple leagues just because I think Hankerson's going to get all those targets if Julio does miss time, as you were saying. It's bringing back, you know, uh, shatter, or not shattered dreams, but fond memories of owning, uh, oh gosh, what was his name? The Harry guy, Douglas he's on Tennessee, Tennessee right now. Uh, Harry Douglas, yeah, yeah. owning Harry Douglas uh, around playoff time last year. Yeah, um, so, you know, one of those rare uh, wide receiver handcuffs just because Shanahan does target his number one wide receiver <laughs> so much. Absolutely. Um, all right, Eli Manning had a nice bounce back game here, and Odell Beckham, no sophomore slump here. No, he looked great. That that catch and run, um, he's a monster. There's no two ways to put it. Yeah, as we mentioned last week, it was just really weird game flow against Dallas in week one when we'll get to that game in a little bit. Um, yeah. Larry Donnell, he's so frustrating, but he has the targets in that offense. Still a, still a streaming uh, tight end, high-end tight end too for me. Um, yeah, he's still he's still a no-touch for me. I, I'm not a Donnell guy, but okay. I can see I can see why you like him. Um, yeah, and but the thing is, they need Victor Cruz back. Uh, you know, R- Ruben Randall just isn't a playmaker, and Preston Parker, again, is just awful. Uh, they need someone else to take that pressure off the run and off Odell Beckham. Absolutely. Um, as for the running backs, man, they're, they just have a full-on committee going here. Andre Williams got six, uh, six rushes. Shane Vereen got six, and Jennings got nine. I, I don't want to touch any of these guys. If The only one is maybe Shane Vereen and PPR. I still have a little hope held out for Rashad Jennings, but the, but the, uh, the uh, increasing use of Andre Williams certainly worries me. Yeah, I, I was high on Jennings, too, at the start of the season, but just the workload that they're not giving him, it's, it's telling. I think this offense need to find need needs to find its stride. I know Eli had a much better game this week, but he still did not look great out there. That's true, but uh, fantasy wise, Eli will be fine. I think he's a low end quarterback one. Yep, just like we said. Yeah, I agree. Okay, St. Louis at Washington. Terrible game for the Rams in general. They need Todd Gurley back, who's been practicing. Maybe this week we'll see him. This is the same. This is the uh, St. Louis uh, offense that we were all expecting to see last week. Yeah, they scratched out the wind against uh, St. Louis, but man, if Gurley can get back, that's they could win the NFC West. Can they? How do you know he's going to be so great? Uh, I mean, have you seen him play? No, I haven't seen him take a snap in the NFL yet. Have you? <sighs> All right. Um, clearly, I'm much higher on Gurley, and and I take that back. I, I do think the Cardinals are going to win the NFC West, um, but I think the Rams are going to be very, very good if Gurley can get it going. Um, we may ha- we may have three NFC West teams in the playoffs again. Yeah, would not be shocking. Um, so yep. Jared Cook led the team in targets this week. He's definitely worth a flyer if you're if you're needy at the tight end position. Oh, he's just done so much bad that that a little bit of good, despite it, he had four, he had a whopping four point day. That's that's nothing. Jared Cook. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but leading the team in targets is again. I'm looking at the target percentage. This was a bad game in general, but Nick Foles clearly likes him. 
I mean, he's going to be that number one receiver, possibly. But this is that same guy that we talked about that, that gets wide open and then drops wide open passes. Yeah, I know, I know. I I understand that. I have been burdened by Cook in the past, but I'm just saying, you know, if he's got that chemistry, what were you saying about young quarterbacks? Because Foles is still <laughs> relatively young. Yeah, they're, they're, their best friend is the tight end, but we've had so many of these guys. ASJ, uh, Kyle Rudolph. Like, if you're touching Jared Cook, like one of these guys has to be owned. Like nobody owned. Not, <laughs> you don't. You're not in a league where 20 tight ends are owned. Okay, I I hear you. All right. Um, last thing on St. Louis, we'll keep an eye out for Brian Quick. I I don't know if it's conditioning concerns or whatever, but they could certainly use him as well. Somebody, Brian, Brian, where are you? <laughs> Marco, Marco. Hello. Uh, all right um so washington side whoa matt jones uh just wow um matt jones who matt jones oh oh that's mike (laughs) close enough um all right 19 carries for 123 yards and two touchdowns alfred morris had 18 carries i think he's done enough to force a little bit of a split where washington may go with a hot hand every week yeah, I, I was surprised to see it this 50-50. I, I had my suspicions. I had my doubts. I had my thoughts that maybe week 8, 9, 10, we'd be seeing a little more of a 50-50 split. I thought El Morris is going to hang on to the job from until then. But the writing may be on the wall. He had a much better game. Obviously, they gave he, he had the two touchdowns. But they both looked good. Yeah, and, and I think this is going to be a situation where they're both flex plays and then one of them is going to do better every week and go off. See, I, I still, I still got to stick with the, uh, with the veteran. I mean, a rookie, I, I stick with the veterans in this game. You know, you, you know who you've gone to battle with for years, stick with them for now. Yeah. But I mean, things change so quickly in the NFL. Keep an eye on Matt Jones. I do think that, who? you know, <laughs> I do think that this could be the start of something really special in Washington. I mean, look at that. Um- that's so sweet. <laughs> um, and then Jordan Reed. Wow. Uh, six for 82. Um, I think he's going to be solid until he gets hurt. You know, you never want to wish injury, but he just had such a checkered history of injuries that I, I don't trust it. If not one, if not one. Yeah. Pierre Garcon. Um, I don't know. Yes, I mean, so. he had the seven, he led the team in targets, but he six catches for 23 yards. He's being used on all the dink and dunk stuff. He did get the touchdown, which helped his day out. Uh, I, I still don't trust Garcon as more than like a wide receiver four for me, wide receiver three, maybe. He's not a guy you can leave unowned in the league because this is a guy that had the most receptions in the league, I believe, two years ago. Um, he, he's a talented wide receiver. It's it's the limitations of uh, the so-called answer, Kirk Cousins, that uh, that's really what's hindering us here. Um, with Deshaun Jackson gone, somebody's going to be leading this team. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want him, but... Uh... I, I guess he does need to be owned at least. Um, okay. Yep. Ryan Grant, I'm ignoring him. Six targets, but three catches on and uh, three catches for uh, 45 yards. I don't love him. Yeah. Not much going forward there. All right. So another surprising eliminator or uh, survival pool loser, Miami at Jacksonville. Um, yeah. But good thing for fantasy owners, Ryan Tannehill did bounce back. He looked pretty decent. Uh, you know, he got the ball to his receivers and ha- ended up with a pretty nice day. Um, Tannehill, top 10 quarterback. I like him. I liked him from the start of the season. I like him going forward. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Miller uh, out with an ankle injury, but, uh, you know, things are, he's saying that he's fine. I, I think he'll be okay. 
Uh, Damian Williams didn't look great uh, coming into the game after him, although he clearly is the handcuff at this point if you were still holding out hope for... Uh, uh, what's the rookie over there that they grabbed in the fifth round this year? Jay Jay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be holding out too much hope for him. Maybe next no. year if uh, they let Miller walk. But concern concerning is that they're not giving Miller much work. Uh, more than anything, that's concerning. Yeah, Tannehill has enough has enough options, has enough weapons on on that offense that he may be just be able to throw the ball a bajillion times and then only run it when they really need to. Yeah, um, so real quick, uh, Jarvis Landry, we don't need to talk about him. He's the number one guy there, 8 for 110 on 10 targets, uh, clear PPR wide receiver two for me. Absolutely. Uh, Jordan Cameron, solid tight end, 3 for 62. I think he's startable, low end tight end one. Um, again, the injury bug has bit him quite a bit, so uh, you know, ride him, ride him into the ground while he can, I guess. Um, Kenny Stills, ignore. Devontae Parker finally got a catch. Um Again, I don't think he's quite ready yet. They haven't seemed to want to feature him. And I do like Rashard Matthews. Uh, seven targets, six for 115. He looks pretty good out there. He had a very similar game to this two years ago. I remember it quite distinctly. And then he faded into Bolivian. Yeah, but this is his second game where he's been relevant. I, I do want to add him on my watch list. Uh, in a deeper league, I think he could be a wide receiver for I think it's a matter of uh, finding your open receiver, just like Drew Brees did it for the Saints for years. Um, just like, just like I thought Tannehill was going to be. Uh, Rashard Matthews may have good weeks, may have bad weeks. Um, Rashard Matthews is, gonna, or no, I think uh, Tannehill's going to have solid weeks. Rashard Matthews may have good weeks, may have bad weeks. I think Landry's really the only guy to be looking at here. Okay, I'm just saying that until Devontae Parker actually gets up to speed, I think Rashard Matthews will be that open wide receiver across from Landry. Ah. How about Jake Stonebutter? <laughs> cool name, but uh, not quite yet. Think of all the fantasy names that you could have with him. Mm, it's it's not bad. Um, so Blake Bortles. Uh, ooh. Sounds like a WWF guy. <laughs> WWE. Uh, we saw a little bit of preseason Blake Bortles here um, against <laughs> against what we thought was a decent Miami defense, but they do have issues in that secondary for sure. Uh, still not trusting him, but good news for Allen Robinson. Wow. Yeah. Six yeah, he, for he, 155, two touchdowns. This is why you drafted him. Nice day. That That's why. That's what we were looking for this year. Um, I, 12 targets. I, I expect around 10 targets each game going forward with some plus minus in there, but that's what this guy can do. Yeah, and uh, TJ Yeldon looked good. Uh, Denard Robinson, we just found out, got hurt, and he got the whoop excuse me, the vast majority of the carries, 25 for 70. Not a great average, but Miami does have a great defensive line, so I'm not too worried about that poor showing. Um, in the receiving game, uh, I'm not touching Hearns or Marquise Lee. I think that, again, if Julius Thomas got dropped because of the injury in your league, he's a guy to pick up. It may be time fairly soon to grab the guy. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be that safety blanket. I think he's going to be used a lot, uh, you know, even uh, in between the 20s. Um, okay, we're, we're running a little short on time here. Let's keep moving along. Uh, Baltimore, Joe Flacco, he's still a QB2 despite Trestman. Uh, oh, I don't know how Oakland stuck around in this game. Yeah, I, I, this was an interesting game. Oakland went ahead and took the win. Nobody really, I mean, Derek Carr put together a nice game. 
Michael Crabtree, your guy, he looked good. I can't, I can't say he didn't. I can't lie about it. Mari Cooper coming out with a nice big long grab to start it. Uh, Latavius Murray, not exactly doing what I would hope for him to do, but he did put a touchdown together today. No, I'm not worried about Latavius Murray. Uh, even without Terrell Suggs, that Baltimore Ravens uh, D-line is still pretty good. Uh, you know, their defense definitely struggled. But uh, overall, um, uh, you know, Amari Cooper looks good. Uh, you know, he's a wide receiver three. I like Crabtree a lot, or excuse me, a lot. He actually had more targets than Cooper, and I, I do think he may be worth a pickup. Crabtree was looking like he was playing at Texas Tech that game. <laughs> Yeah, and you know I've always been super high on Crabtree, but I, I do want to see another game before I start him. Yeah, um, absolutely. Especially against Cincinnati next in. week. I completely agree. I completely agree. Drake Kirkpatrick and the gang, absolutely. Um, if somebody could just put out, a, like, where where the heck is that airplane that uh, Roy Hallou and his four million dollars went on? I'm I can't find it. We've got to scour. We've got to we've got to do a manhunt. We've got to scour. Google Maps. He's got to be somewhere. Yeah, I, I think we're we're putting him, Brian Quick, and then soon Joy Bell too, all on a boat to an island. Um, I'm on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> so the tight ends, Michael Rivera and uh, Clive Walford, ignore them. They're splitting Don't time. Don't bother. Yeah. Um, okay, so for set, um, same with Matt Forte. A little bit concerning that he got 15 carries, but Lorenzo Taliaferro got seven and actually looked better. I think Forsett is still the guy. Um, he he just looks like he needs to get his game together. Um, we saw some flashes. We saw a little bit of goodness. 16-yard run. Um, Talia Farrow, I, I don't feel like Talia Farrow came in there and vultured him. I think I think that's just... I, I don't think he's their goal line back is, what, is the point I'm trying to make here. See, I think um, he I, is. He's, he's a bigger guy, and, you know, he quickly, you know, Javorius Allen's the rookie, but he, he had one carry, and I think Talia Ferro is still the number two there, and he is going to come in on those situations. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just in denial that they brought in Mark Trestman to do something other than run the Trestman offense, which I haven't seen him do. There's no Trestman offense happening in Baltimore, and I just don't understand why you would hire the guy otherwise. Yeah, I still think Forsett is the starter, but I mean, if you look at the carries, Forsett got 15, Taliaferro got 7, and then in terms of the receptions too, uh, Taliaferro was heavily involved, three three catches for 12 yards, and Forsett had four catches for 12 yards. I do think it's going to be somewhat of a timeshare. I, it, it looks like one. It looks like a 60-40 sort of split, um, and a little bit of a little bit of worry for Forsett because he's not getting those looks like Matt Forte. Now I can't compare the talent to the two, but I thought for sure that Tressman was going to be trying to utilize them similarly. Yeah, and um, you know I actually picked up Lorenzo Taliaferro before this week. I, I did think that as a healthy back, he was going to be the number two, and I think that he's worth an own as a handcuff if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Steve Smith. Ooh, uh, you know, we saw this last year. He's going to start the season strong, but I would sell very, very high right now if you can. I, I don't think he's got enough in the tank for a whole season. He's an elder statesman. He's going to need to take a little bit of a nap, a little slumber as the season progresses. Yeah, if uh, if people are still wary after this game, uh, you know, if he has another nice game next week, I would definitely try your hardest to, to shop him around. Um, that said, they... Their wide receivers are not very good. 
Crockett Gilmore, I think this is more matchup dependent as, you know, Oakland gave up two touchdowns to Tyler Reifert last week. But at the same time, I do think that they might try to get Gilmore more involved with their wide receivers struggling and Perriman's still out. Do not pay for Crockett Gilmore. I'm saying keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him. I do like him. Okay. I, I know I'm saying that about a lot of these tight ends, but I, I you know. And I, that's and that's exactly my point. When everybody's good, no one is good. But I'm saying don't don't look at his production. Look at the targets. He was third on the team in targets, and I, I think target numbers are the most important when you're looking at waiver wire pickups. Sure. Okay. I, I buy that. Okay. Um, so Oakland, Derek Carr looking pretty good, you know, led his team to that comeback victory. Um, Latavius Murray, you know, we mentioned still looks good, uh, despite, you know, struggling a little bit. Um, so let's move on then, unless you have anything else about that game. No, no, I, the, the, my only thought is I wish I didn't psych myself out of, uh, drafting Latavius Murray. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's talk about the worst game of the week. Dallas at Philly. <laughs> Your NFL game of the week. Thanks, guys. Um, what what the heck is going on with with Philadelphia right now? I just don't know. The mastermind is is not looking all that smart right now. I'll tell you that much. Went out of his way, grabbed Sam Bradford. Well, he's he's he threw he threw a few completions to the other team. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fading all the Philadelphia players a little bit until we see that line get better. Uh, this was the team that, you know, preseason, they're like, oh, we don't need Evan Mathis. We'll be fine. Yep. Uh, Ooh, Vante Davis on the ground. He looks hurt. Uh, hopefully Uh he'll be okay as a uh, fellow university of Illinois alum. I actually met him one time. Uh, he walked into my dorm room, but that's another story for another day. Um, Oh boy. I don't know if we can share that one. (laughs) Uh, it it is a little not safe for work, but, uh, it was, it was definitely a very funny and interesting story. Um, so Philadelphia that, Oh, DeMarco Murray just, (laughs) ouch. This, I, this is trouble for DeMarco Murray owners. Like that's the only thing it spells. The only people more in trouble are the, are the people like me who thought Ryan Matthews was going to be worth starting in your flex. Yeah. And you can't even blame Murray. He got contact in the backfield, like on all of those runs, it was the line's fault for sure. We said he went from the best offensive line to what second or third best, best offensive line. That did not seem to be the case. It doesn't look like it. It's not the case. So here's here's my only one silver lining potentially. We saw you know the Giants struggle against Dallas Week One. Could this possibly be Dallas's defensive line being a lot better than we thought with the additions in this offseason? Look, Sean, no. Sean Lee back nope. healthy. Uh, you know, <laughs> Sean Lee is looking like a madman. He he is out there on a mission. Yeah, I mean, I do think that you know, with Demarcus Lawrence, uh, you know, th- their line may be just underrated. Uh, I I do think that it's Philadelphia struggling, but I do think that Dallas's defense may be better than we thought. Yeah, a little bit of Dallas defense, a little bit of uh, D line coach Rod Marinelli putting together some. Some very nice schemes, some very good ability to uh, put his players in positions to stop plays from happening. Yeah, if you can, uh, if you can still sort of sell high on Demarco Murray, I think I would. It, you, 
You, if you would sell high end to Markham where you would? Like relatively high. If people think that this is just oh, a fluke. So you're buying out on DeMarco Murray. Yeah. If you can get like a, I don't know, like a Frank Gore or even. Uh, oh, no way. I'm buying in on DeMarco Murray. Really? Absolutely. No, Just know. for the reason you said, I think that I think that Dallas defense is a little underrated because of that. Murray can only go up from here. Hmm. Okay, I I do I am worried about Demarco Murray. That it wasn't just Demarco Murray. None of their running backs did anything. Well, the problem was they were they were stacking the box because Sam Bradford has not really thrown deep at all, and I don't know if that's going to change. I do think that you know the running game sets up the you know the deep passes, but if you're not going to open up downfield, then they can stack the box more. I agree. Longest longest catch of the night was uh one for thirty two yards. Yeah, and that was in garbage time. Yep. Um, okay, so Jordan Matthews, though, clearly still got the garbage time stats. I, I do think he's still a low-end wide receiver, too. I just don't think he's going to light the world on fire like we thought he was going to do in this offense. Sam Bradford needs to get his accuracy in, under control. That was the issue with a lot of these pass plays. Yeah, we, we need... Uh, I'm hoping this isn't like a Blake Bortles issue where preseason Sam Bradford is very different from regular season Sam Bradford. Um, yeah, I, I I I think that may be the case. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about Nelson Aguilar. I'm concerned about Zach Ertz. Jordan Matthews is the only really reliable uh, receiving option for fantasy right now. I think. Yeah. Um, okay, so Dallas side, Tony Romo fractured his clavicle, expected to be out eight to ten weeks. Um, he had a similar injury in 2010, and he did miss ten weeks. Then, uh, this is bad. I'm not rushing to own Terrence Williams. I'm not rushing to own Brandon Whedon. I'm not rushing to own Cole Beasley, even though I think he's probably going to be the best wide receiver going forward on the team. I do think in PPR leagues, Jason Whitten just got a little boost. Yeah, probably, definitely there. Um, although I do want to also say that after the game, it was brought up that Jason Whitten played through that game despite two sprained ankles and a sprained knee. Wow. Um, he is like Superman. He's what, like 34? He's a warrior. Yeah. Um, I do think that, you know, if you can you can buy somewhat low on Jason Wooden in PPR right now, definitely do it. Um, yeah, Terrence Williams, still a wide receiver three. He may or may not get open, but without Des Bryant to take away coverage, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I just don't know what to make of this running back situation anymore, man. Um, I think it's it's they've showed us that they want it to be a committee. Uh, Joseph Randall with 18 carries, McFadden with 10. And neither of them were super effective, uh, despite that offensive line. Um, I just I'm avoiding the Dallas players in general, really, because part of the part of the uh, what helped the Dallas running backs, other than the good blocking, was that Des Bryant could always take the top off, and now that threat's gone. They can double Terrence Williams, and you know they can stack the box. It doesn't look like a hot hand situation. It doesn't really look like a goal line back situation type timeshare. I, I just don't know what to make of it. Joe Randall still about doubled Taron McFadden's touches, but I have no confidence in either of them. And Lance Dunbar, of course, is out there just muddying the situation even further. Yeah, and Joseph Randall may have almost doubled the touches, but only, he only got 20 more yards. So Exactly. exactly. Um, I, Okay, one deep, deep flyer to keep your eye out on. Kristen Michael, maybe the savior if they give him a shot in like week mm. seven. Maybe a lot's going to have to happen for him to get that shot, though. 
Yeah, we will uh, We will certainly see. So yep. the last game we're going to talk about, the Sunday night game, Seattle at Green Bay. This was a great game to watch. Um, outside of the Packers winning, uh, this was a fun game. Uh, Russell Wilson, solid quarterback one, ex- especially if they keep feeding him in that read option. You just can't stop that. If watching your hopes and dreams get built up and then ripped away from you so, uh, on a couple times in a row is fun for you, then I guess this was a really fun game. <laughs> okay, as as a fantasy owner, there was a lot of interesting stuff going on. Okay. Um, you know, disappointing game for Marshawn Lynch for sure. I think that offensive line does definitely have issues. It's a very young line. They need to kind of gel a little bit more. Um, that said... Uh, I'm not worried about uh, Marshawn Lynch going forward. I think that Seattle's defense is still good enough to stop most teams outside of premier offenses like New England, Green Bay, and Pittsburgh. I do think that they'll be playing uh, from out front for most of the time, and that will help Lynch. You're not selling low on Lynch. You're not benching him in any game that he's available to play in. Nothing to talk about. I still think Doug Baldwin's mediocre. Seven for 92 and a touchdown. Yes, I think he's horribly mediocre. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. Yeah, Doug Baldwin's still still wide receiver three. You know, it's going to be matchup based. Yeah, Lockett Lockett came back to earth. Like I said, none of these Seattle wide receivers really excite me. The best of the bunch is Lockett, though. I I still think you buy low on Tyler Lockett now and him if you have the bench room. I think that sooner or later they're going to realize that he's one of the biggest playmakers on that offense and they're going to, you know, scheme to get him the ball more. How can they simultaneously scheme to get him the ball more and scheme to get Jimmy Graham the ball more who they who had one catch for 11 yards? Again, going back to the stats that I find mo- most important, not just the one catch, but two targets. Two yeah. targets. Why, yeah. I, why? I don't understand that at all. Why would I, you trade so much to get this guy if you're not going to use him? It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. This guy is not joining your team to be an outside blocker. He isn't there for the run game. He's there because he's a superstar talented tight end who can go up, get the big ball, body up, and score you touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think in Dynasty, Travis Kelsey is my number two tight end behind Gronk. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. He's got the age. He's got the ability. And I think in Dynasty 2, Tyler Eifert, uh, quick note, top five for me? Yeah, I would agree there as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on to the Green Bay side. Aaron Rodgers, as always, is Aaron Rodgers. Looks good. I don't um, want to talk about him. Yeah. Eddie Lacy got banged <laughs> up in this game, left with a minor ankle sprain, but they're saying now that, you know, he should be fine. X-rays came back negative. He may even play in that Monday night game next week. Mm, proved my point though. This is why you own handcuffs for the best backs in the game on the best offenses. This is why you're owning D'Angelo Williams. This is why you're owning Niall Davis. This is why you're owning James Starks. These guys will produce in awesome offenses. Uh, yeah, took the words out of my mouth. Um, if if for whatever reason it's looking like Lacey's not ready to go, grab James Starks, even if it's for a week. He'll be a low-end RB1, high-end RB2. Without question. Okay, so uh, I said this at the time when Jordy Nelson got hurt and Devontae Adams was shooting up ADP uh, in draft boards. He's fool's gold. I think that you know he did get hurt yesterday, foot or ankle issue. He looked a little hobbled, but I do think that He's not going to get anywhere near the targets that Nelson got, and that's what people were thinking drafting him in the fourth round. Yeah, I think I think he 
I don't think he is yet, but I think another game or two like this, he's going to be a buy low candidate for me. I, I can just smell the surge. I can just smell the resurgence coming off of him. See, I, I disagree. I think that uh, you know Randall Cobb, once he's fully healthy, he's definitely in the wide receiver one, and I think James Jones has better chemistry with Rodgers. Yeah, with all that chemistry, he had one catch though. Yeah, but uh, again, this was on Seattle, and he almost had two catches, and both would have been for touchdowns. He gets those high-value targets. It's true. It's it's a sheer trust thing right there. Um, he trusts him, and he, and he produces for him, absolutely. Yeah, if he's on the waiver wire, what are you waiting for, man? Like, go get him. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I started him this week in a, in a league where I'm badly hurting for receiver. Despite being a Packer, I wanted that second touchdown, but, you know, at least I got him for that first one. Yeah, and it was literally like an inch away from being another touchdown. So yeah. if he's out there, spend I'd spend 30 bucks out of a $100 budget. Mm, that's, wow, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, Look, you're, get, you're getting you're getting what I think is a wide receiver too, not fantasy wise, but the number two wide receiver on one of the yeah. best offenses in the league. Yeah, especially as we go through the as we go through the year, and more and more people get owned. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't really fight with there. Okay, so Richard Rogers four targets, Ty Montgomery four targets. I'm not rushing to the waiver wire for either of these guys. I think that was game flow against Seattle. They they played a lot of empty sets, you know. The only tight end you're not high on. Uh, I mean, I, I like him again as part of a premier offense, but uh, you know he's not the he's not the first or second or maybe even the third option. I agree. I agree. All right. Um, so real quick, do you want to talk about this? Uh, wow. Uh, so Andrew Luck just fumbled the ball, and this helps me starting the New York Jets in a close matchup where I'm only up about two points. So I'm very happy I about that. I don't know what's going on with him, but it's very, very worrisome for me. I see. I think that this is where people may have gotten too high on Andrew Luck, if that's even possible. I mean, in Dynasty, he's still my top, top quarterback. But this is why I said in redraft leagues, I still have Aaron Rodgers as my number one quarterback. And I said that during draft season. This team just isn't clicking. I, I I can't explain it. Like they have the best, they have the best weapons. They have the best opportunity to put up seven, 70 points a game, but it's just not happening. Yeah. I mean, again, not too worried. Buffalo and New York are two of the best defenses in the league right now. Um, you know, better, better days the, ahead for Andrew Luck. So def, the, certainly don't panic on him. Um, this is true. Great offense, great offense, but still a soft team. Yeah, so real quick, let's just preview um, a couple of the waiver wire pickups and any guys that you particularly like or dislike next week. Um, sure. You know, we already mentioned Deion Lewis, Matt Jones, Rashard Matthews. I, I want all of them. Um, a couple guys who should already be owned, uh, Carlos Williams and James Jones. Definitely go out, get those guys. Yeah, definitely. If you've got the money spend it. Um, just in case any of you are thinking of doing anything crazy with Tony Romo gone, uh, Des Bryant injured, do not drop Des Bryant. You're handing somebody a championship, a championship essentially. If if that happens, you are dropping the almost the entirety of your fab budget in there to grab a first slash second round talent who will be back for your playoffs. Yes, uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Out of $100, I would bid the entire $100. You, these are the guys you're trying to pick up on the waiver wire, guys who could turn into maybe Des Bryant 
if Des exactly. Bryant is there for some <laughs> stupid reason, you go get him. Don't be dumb. Yeah. Uh, flip side, Tony Romo, quarterbacks are replaceable. I wouldn't pay too much for him if, uh, you know, if somebody dropped Romo. No, for sure not. Okay, so le- next week, as we said, you know, Andrew Luck's struggling here. He gets Tennessee next week. Look at what Johnny Menzel did to did to them this week. This may be, be exactly what he needs to finally get his feet back on the ground. Yep. Um, for me, uh, New England hosts Jacksonville as a streaming defense. Oh, yeah, you start them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who else you got? Uh, um, let's see. Carson Palmer's looking good. He's going to continue his role. He's going to burn. Uh, he's going to burn out San Francisco. May have another three, three, four touchdowns through the air. Yeah. Um, one guy that I sort of like, Chris Ivory, looking pretty good tonight, uh, despite his groin strain earlier in the week. Uh, and against Philly, if if Kiko Alonso is out, oh man, they they're going to run all day. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh that that's he's a big part of that defense. He's a large part of that defense. Um okay. So also one last thing possibly if uh you know for St. Louis and Foles uh against Pittsburgh next week, look at what Kaepernick did in garbage time. There could be some garbage time production there as well. Pittsburgh's a great offense but a not very good defense. Um okay. So as for definite do not starts next next week. I'm fading everybody on Chicago. Forte, if you have to, you you may not have better options at running back, but Jeffrey coming back from injury, I'm not starting him if I can help it. Definitely not Bennett, just nobody against Seattle. Who The who, offense has to go through somebody, and my best bet, it, it, Forte will be the best player on that Bears offense. Would not be shocked if the Bears scored fewer than 10 points next week. Oh, I wouldn't be shocked if they score three points next week. Yeah. Um, okay. So the Washington defensive line is pretty legit. I don't love the Giants running backs, especially as a committee. I think Vereen, you know, low end RB two or flex play in PPR. Yeah, absolutely. That sort of game helps him a bit. Uh oh, and oh, Philly. The, now they're facing the Jets. Uh, ooh. I you probably don't have better options than Marco Murray, but yeah, if you can, just ugh, I'm not expecting much. <laughs> That is not the defense that they're going to find their stroke against. Um, all right. That's uh, who else you got? Um, the uh, Lions are going to be facing up against Denver. Yeah, we saw how they did against Minnesota. I, I don't know. I don't know what more they can be doing. Denver's going to eat them alive. Stafford. I think Stafford has has a rib issue right now, doesn't he? He's He's got some sort of injury that they were concerned about. Uh, yeah, but I think it's relatively minor. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah, well, it's going to be minor until Doomerville drives him directly through the floor. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Or Von Miller just crashes into him from this. Exactly. Um, okay, so yeah, a couple injury things to monitor. Drew Brees, you know, keep an eye out for him. Eddie Lacy should be okay, but keep an eye out there just because they don't play till Monday as well. Um, yeah, I think that will wrap up week two. And uh, as always, we are very, very happy to answer any questions you might have. I know we can't cover everything in the podcast. Uh, we're always happy to answer waiver wire questions, sit or start questions. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore uh, Los. Long podcast. Glad to have you listen to us. Um, at FFA underscore Dan to thank the man for putting the uh, for putting the magic together, for uh, bringing us together, having a nice evening, and uh, talking some fantasy football. Thank you, Daniel. 
All right. And uh, as always, it's a fantasy world. We're just all addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. The first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there. And the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen. But we won't get there without you. Visit ALZ.org to join the fight. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to one day early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Penfed's got-